hello and welcome to a special edition of the Abundant Yoga Teacher Podcast. I'm Amy McDonald, yoga student, teacher, and yoga business coach. In this special episode, I'm taking you inside the Business of Yoga speaker series where you'll meet yoga teachers, experts, and entrepreneurs from all over the world. I'm not kidding. We're going to Melbourne, Singapore, London, Barcelona, San Francisco, New York, and more talking all things growing your yoga business. I hope you love learning from my guests as much as I enjoyed interviewing them. And if you do, please leave a review for this podcast. Enjoy. Hey folks, it's Amy McDonald here. Welcome back to the Business of Yoga Speaker Series. I was just saying to my guest of the day how excited I am because the Speaker Series is Global Affair and I have the very good fortune of sharing the company with you, with people from all over. My guest today is Dustin Brown. And we are in the same state of Australia. I'm so excited about that. Welcome. Thank you. Very exciting stuff. Victorians. We are Victorians. And you know what I find really interesting? Actually, I feel bad about this, Dustin, because I've had I've been interviewing other people for the series who are like in Santa Monica or whatever, and I've been to their studios, but I haven't been to yours. I feel yet. I feel really bad about that. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. Make it a point. You should come down. I should. Folks, let me introduce us to in case you haven't had the good fortune of meeting him yet. Okay, so Justin is the visionary and founder behind Warrior One Yoga Bespoke Bayside. That's Melbourne Bayside. Yoga Studios in Brighton and Mordialic. Justin grew up in Hawaii and after traveling the world as a professional surfer, he settled in Melbourne. I find that interesting. It must be because of his wife, perhaps, Nova. He's a dedicated yogi, a Vedic meditator, a yoga teacher, a Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt, and wellness warrior who is making waves in the yoga world. Dustin is an ambassador for the Boys of Yoga, a movement that I freaking love. Uh, that was my insertion. It's not written in Dustin. Uh, <laughs> movement, helping to get more guys on the mat. As a professional Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt athlete, Training, coaching, and competing within Australia and internationally, Dustin brings his martial arts and surfing background to his yoga practice. Seriously cool. Through his dedication to his daily personal yoga practice, Dustin has found strength, flexibility, increased recovery, body awareness, and an overall balanced lifestyle. His teaching style encourages exploring the potential of the body through the practice of mindful movement. Dustin is a qualified yoga teacher of Vinyasa Flow, Hatha Yin, Acro Vinyasa, and Yoga Tune-Up. Not a bad list of credentials there. <laughs> it sounds funny having them read to you. But yes, thank you very much. <laughs> those are all things I really love. So I'm like, yeah, yeah, I love those things. Isn't it just the coolest when you actually get to make a living by mashing together all the things that you love? Mm, I definitely agree 100%. I was just having a chat with a friend yesterday and I was like, there was a real pivotal point I remember and it was when I was just getting obsessed with Brazilian jiu-jitsu and my wife had said, you know, you should probably get a job. And I had saved some money from being a surfer. And so I was kind of living on my savings. She said, you shouldn't eat, spend all your savings. And I, I remember listening to this Alan Watts speech, the one about how, what if money was no object? <laughs> and yeah, that changed everything. That changed my mindset. And I told my wife, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to do this until people pay me to do it. And it worked out. So I fully believe in that 100%. And the same thing with opening a yoga studio and a yoga business. It was, it was all that. Let's 
let's follow our heart. Wow. Yeah, great. Uh, um, I, I want to know, Dustin, what was the point for you where you went, oh, yoga? Like you were doing these other things and then what caused you to come to yoga? Yeah, it was really my wife's doing, lots of convincing. For years, I had the idea that yoga was light, gentle stretching in a dark room, talking about your feelings and in my mind, weird hippie stuff. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, it kind of is now, even knowing about yoga, there's some weird hippie stuff, but it's pretty cool, you know, the intention and the meaning behind it. So after lots of convincing, Nova got me to go to a hot yoga class. And this was a point where I was fully obsessed with jujitsu and I was training as an athlete about six six days a week up to three sessions a day. So I was waking up extremely sore and constantly in the recovery process. She's like, come do an hour of in a warm room. It was winter, it was cold in Melbourne. And I was like, all right, if it's just an hour in a warm room, it's tropical, I can sweat, feel good, move a little bit. I'll see what this is about. Hmm. And that literally totally changed my life. The first hour of having my hands on the mat had totally eliminated all this tension from jujitsu, from all the gripping and this constant holding on that you do. And so it was a very literal letting go of tension. (laughs) Yeah, a letting go of the grip, which is something I talk about a lot nowadays. It's very, very interesting. After that first class, I was like, you know what? If all I do is go back tomorrow to have that feeling, that release, I'm going to do it again. And then the 30-day challenge at the studio. So I was like, oh, I'll just do that. And then that turned into 60 days and 90 days and 120 days. And I just kept adding on. I was like, why would I stop? And I kind of stopped some of the things I was doing, some of the strength and conditioning and weights and that kind of work that I was doing. I traded it straight for yoga. And so I went from doing strength and conditioning in the mornings to doing yoga every morning. And because of my obsessive nature, it was like from, it wasn't just like, oh, I'll do this once or twice. It was like, I did it every day. Mm. And so the benefits I saw from it were huge, immediate, because I just did it every day. Yeah. And so if you told me at that time, <laughs> around 10 years ago, like, oh, yeah, you're going to love yoga. And I would have been, I was just such a different person. I was very close and kind of to myself and a lot more, not introverted, but in public situations, quite shy. And, you know, just to myself. And so I would have said, yeah, no way. There's no way. And to think that I teach yoga, I love yoga, and that I own studios and I get to share it with others every day, it's, it's amazing. You know, it's, um, it's a great story. And I've, I, I hear that uh, quite often, that uh, hot yoga is a really common doorway for people, for mm-hmm. skeptics. Hot yoga seems to be a pathway for skeptics. It seems quite a common story. Yeah, I think I'm, I have such a pitta... <laughs> fiery kind of you know like driven attitude and focus like a very obsessive personality when I find something I like I'm all in and I'm fully committed and so if I had tried like a yin class or something like that it wouldn't that wouldn't have had the same effect but the fact that it was hot I was challenged I was like struggling in basic poses where like old ladies and like women that I were I was def- I was an athlete, like, <laughs> that yeah. they were just chilling in and I was, like, <sighs> dying in. That kind of, like, revealed a lot to me. And this, and I was a personal trainer in the past and I'd known about anatomy, but 
functional movement wasn't big 10 years ago or wasn't as big and well talked about and known and mobility and all these things. So I had some knowledge, but not really. And yoga really revealed to me what I was lacking and where I needed to put in some work. And so from the physical perspective, that's what really brought me in. And it was purely physical for a long time until I started having these experiences. You know, the teacher, open your heart. And I'm like, shut up, hippie. <laughs> and, you know, and literally, like, they used to say namaste. And I didn't know what that meant. So I'd be like, I love steak. <laughs> you know, I'm kind of, like, sarcastic. And that's my sense of humor. And But when it was well explained to me and I was taught the intention behind these things, I never said that again. Yeah. I was like, as soon as they're like, well, the reason we say this is because it's a respectful thing. You bow to another person. I come from martial arts. I'm like, you get wow, that. Okay, yeah. I get that. That's huge. Yeah. Mm. So all these things, like, I'm lucky that I did find it through the physical practice of hot yoga. And that just led me into so many other practices that have allowed me to live a more complete and definitely a happier life, a better existence, you know? Awesome. Um, I was saying to uh, Michael J in his interview that I'm just so grateful that there are people such as yourselves who feel who hear the conch to open a yoga studio because that's mm. not my dharma, and it, I'm so grateful that it that it is for other people because if it was left to me, everybody would just be at home with I don't know streaming something. <laughs> so, so, I mean, uh, because it's a it's a very big. It's no small feat. To, it's not like you just built in your basement and bought a few props. Like your studios, I was looking at them just now. They're really nice, um, and I mean that's a substantial commitment to, like, to have two spaces as well. Mm. What was the? Why did why did you do that? I did a teacher training just to originally just to get in understanding. So. Yeah. You know, martial arts is very technical. And if you don't have the technique right, then there's a lot of energy spent that's unnecessary. Yep. And with that perspective, like, I'm going to do a teacher training because a lot of these things we're talking about, especially like backbending, spinal extension, like made me feel nauseous. And I was like, I'm pretty sure I'm doing some things wrong and I want to get this right. So my first teacher training was with Jimmy Barkin was a hot yoga style. And I was doing many things wrong. And I'm very glad I did that. But in the process, I was like, you know what, there's something a calling to share this with other people. Hmm. Like it was clear that I, en I enjoyed leading other people through the practice. And I liked watching the effect that it had on them. Because hmm. it was something that had such a clear effect on me. And I was like, I can allow I can bring other people to have this experience. And I knew right away, because of my background, there were so many other guys that thought the same way that I did, and do the same things that I do that need this. Yeah, but there's a difference between that, surely. I mean, you, can, you could have done that by teaching at a gym or renting space or... Uh, so to open this studio, studio, like, it was this dream of my wife and I, Nova, and we really, really, really wanted to have a business together. And we had put aside money and really thought about it, a lot of different things. And the more that we we're diving into the yoga journey. After my teacher training, I started actually teaching a bit of yoga. And she's like, what about opening a yoga studio together? I was like, that could be cool. She's like, well, I'm going to do a teacher training. And um, someone's coming in. I'm just asking, quiet down. I'm going to do a teacher <laughs> training and Nova is going to do one as well. And we're going to get the 
the knowledge behind her so that if we do open a studio, like she could teach if she needed her more focus was business and had done some marketing and, and went to uh, uni for that at RMIT. Yeah. And so we went to Thailand and did a training at Vikasa. And this was about six years ago. And at the training Vikasa, we were like, okay, we thought of the idea of name of warrior one and we're like, okay, we'll open a studio. Let's look for spaces. We had a general idea of where we wanted to go. And everywhere we looked, there was nothing. It was like, Nothing. And in Brighton, we're like, St. Kilda, Elwood, all the spaces were a no-go. And the only space we could find was this old closed yoga studio that had been a yoga space for a really long time. And then we did some research and we found out, like, rumor has it that even before it was the building it was now, it was this old Edwardian, like, bungalow place that some older lady had taught yoga at for rumor is around a hundred years there's been yoga at this place and i have done some research and they're claiming yoga started in victoria 50 years ago and that's the oldest yoga in victoria but i have all these older clients in brighton that tell me that their grandmother used to practice yoga when they were little girls and they're in their 60s so that says a lot and so just the energy of this place we went and checked it out and it was tiny and we're like this will not work it's too small and so we kept looking and then it just kept popping up in the back of our head we're like what about that little place it's like oh it's too small we did the numbers on it and then like financially it won't work and sorry it's actually hilarious because the more we looked into it you know Nova's dad did the numbers we talked to some people and they're like yeah financially it's not really a good idea but what else are you doing like if it's an expensive hobby for the next three years and you have fun with it, like, oh, how, how liberating. Yeah. Yeah. So we did. <laughs> wow. How interesting about the space. What's that? Um, I can't think of the name of it. It's a yoga works now, but um, they have in LA and it's like the old, longest running yoga space. Is that the one that Maddie and everyone started at? The one they started and San <gasps> In, I can't remember. No. Um, oh, man. It, someone DM me the, the one that I'm talking about. Um, you go upstairs you go, and it's just this huge, big old, anyway. But I love it that you found a space like that that's got this kind of like, I feel like that about my old sticky mats. They're rubbish. They're not sticky anymore, but I feel like they've got <laughs> sort of prime at them go. Yeah. It sounds like your space a little bit, like it's had some really energy impressed into it. There's some, there's a definitely a vibe and something very special about it. So, so we went for it and in business, it's very rare to have things work out the way they did for our studio. Hmm. And with the 16 mat studio as well. So yeah. Yeah. it just blew up. Yeah. And we got to the point where we had to add more and more and more and more classes at the point where there's like only like an hour or two hour gap in the middle of the day where there's no classes from 6 a.m. to pretty much 9 p.m. every day. Good for you. And it's rocking with just an epic community. And that's what really makes me happiest about it all is like business is great and everything, but to watch a community grow and thrive from where there was nothing. Yeah. And I don't, I don't want to say nothing, but very small. And to have all these people like start the practice with us and watch them grow and like almost five years in, it's like, 
an inseparable part of their life and it shifted and changed their life in such amazing ways. Yeah. Like it's amazing. Like every single day you get, I'm sure you could imagine owning a business. Like you get all the feedback and emails and there's a lot of negative and it's a lot like my app isn't working. I couldn't get in this class. And it's like, people get, you separate people from their yoga practice. They get really angry. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Don't, don't take away yoga from a yogi. They will let you have it. Watch out. <laughs> I'm sure there's some sort of saying like, you know, no, nothing like the wrath of a yogi without their yoga. Denied yoga. <laughs> oh, so, but oh, I, I would feel the same way. I totally understand and I get it. So when you do hear the stories and the feedback that's extremely positive and people take the time to write nice little notes like that yoga's changed their life. Yeah. yeah. It's just like, yeah. that's why we do this. Yeah. That is why. So good. Mm. Yeah. And I love that you were just, um, again, another conversation that I've had in this series is uh, in the takeover of big corporates, chains and franchises and um, not, and this is not, I don't have any energy on it necessarily, but it's good to know that there is still a role for community-based yoga studios, um, Mm. building community and offering like you describe your studio as bespoke and the classes that you offer are specific. And it's really heartening to see that you can hold that space and that doesn't mean that you have to be kind of scruffy and, you know, the, the place where I teach, it's kind of scruffy. And it, yeah. one of the studios always smells like Jim Sims. And, you know, it's, <laughs> it's nice, but it's not nice to know that there's no alternative. I, I totally get it. <laughs> But yeah, so the first space, it is, it's cute and it's 16 mats. And then we were fortunate to open up a second space in Morty, which was the old Morty surf shop for, I forget how long, since the 70s. And so now we have a beautiful space in Morty that has two rooms and we have a dedicated training and workshop space, which is a dream come true because wow. really almost every weekend we can have a workshop from one of our teachers, host international teachers. Yeah. We have our in training, our 200 hour training. Excellent. And it just, it even can open up and be one giant space. So we can have like, we had a massive community kirtan and big group meditations and it's just lovely. So to be able to have this space and again, start another community in Morty, where there was a couple little studios, but no large space dedicated to yoga and all things yoga. Yeah. And to watch this community, like people, when we opened, they were like, thank you for coming to Morty. Cool. What a wow. What a lovely thing. They were like, thank you for choosing Morty, Alec. And I was like, thank you. <laughs> thank you for having us. But it was just the, the attitude and the community down here is it's really special. It is a little more beach vibes because we're a little that, you know, 20 minutes further from the city and yeah. people take a little bit more time. I feel it's, it's I love that. I love the full circle that your yoga studio was in a surf shop too, for you. Like there's something, it's pretty beautiful. That kind of loop there. When the opportunity came, I was like, <laughs> uh, yep, done. Perfect. <laughs> like I, I couldn't imagine a better space <laughs> and like, like the same kind of energy, like, as Brighton, like you walk in and it, you feel something, like there's something special about this place. Well, people, if it's been a surf shop for that long, people have been coming there to pursue their passions, right? Whether it's surfing or yoga. Yeah. yeah I agree. Cool. All right. So, so classes, special events, hosting teachers, you mentioned that you do a YTT or two. Yeah. Tell us about your training programs. So 
we have a 200-hour yoga teacher training, mm -hmm. uh, vinyasa base, and that is it's pretty amazing to take people through that process. Mm. We're currently on round two, and we have a third one starting in June. Cool. And then we also have a 25-hour yin and myofascial release training, which is yeah. like a weekend of bliss. <laughs> For <laughs> even, some. Even, For even, yeah, full stop, weekend of bliss, even as a facilitator, like I walk away being like, I love yin. <laughs> I love yin even more than I already loved yin. It's so nice. I'm, I'm just not, a, I'm not one of those. I have I've yet to make my yin transition. I feel like yeah. I'm left out in the cold, but it still makes you me should, like. You should do, um, come and I'll take you through a yin class with some yoga tune-ups, some myofascial release, and that might bridge the gap. Makes it a bit more interesting. And for people that are like, sensation and kind of goal focus it's it's not such bad. A shift no no special. for me it's no it's the tight pitta pitta thing like it's painful <laughs> and freaking uncomfortable and it makes me really angry i can sweat mm -hmm. bullets in a yin pose and all of these people are like yeah. oh man i'm thinking get me the <laughs> out of here <laughs> i oh, wish that was something yeah gosh no all right so so the uh, I love the idea because I, what I see is that people emerging things, like maybe emerging right now seems to be Kundalini that's not Yogi Bhajan, it's Kundalini. Emerging things still is a little bit yin, is still like that, or um, restorative seems to be making a comeback. Like people start adding these, oh, I could teach that. It's not dissimilar to what I know. I just got to fold a few blankets and do a few things and I could throw that in the mix. I think these types of smaller targeted teacher trainings get a weekend potent dose of expertise. Mm. It's actually really powerful for people who are looking to diversify. I agree because a lot of teachers um, have such great skill sets mm -hmm. already. Mm -hmm. And so they might not be yin trained, but can they teach a, a good yin class? They definitely can't. Mm. And they, a lot of them already are because schedules ask for it. And they're like, That's I right. can teach you class it's five poses over an hour are you yeah. kidding me and so teachers definitely can do that but then to have the languaging and the knowledge and the information behind it makes your in class and you'll go to in classes and you're like yeah that was kind of ah eh. yes and then you go to a well-trained in yes. teaching class and that often is the difference for people that i hate in i don't like in yeah but then in's amazing and so i totally agree and it's something that i love i love little immersions and like diving in for a weekend of anatomy or diving in for whatever it is that you want to deepen your, inf you know, yeah. I love saying that as teachers, you have to, you, as a teacher, you have to be teachable. It's yes. Yes. not, yes, you have to always be a student. Like there's no like set and boundaries and done. Like as a teacher, you always have to continue to be learning and evolving. Otherwise you can't call yourself that. And I was like, I'm always going to try and embody that. I totally agree with that. I love that too. I do suspect though that I would like to think that the guests I've had on this series and others are fairly good or a high caliber, but we're, you know, sort of random sample of the industry. And I've yet to meet anybody who's not kind of like voraciously consuming new information, not from mm -hmm. that sort of I'm unfillable, but just because it's so rewarding and, and mm. pleasurable to learn like that. Mm. Yeah, uh, Tony Robbins says, grow or die. It's a basic human need. He's like, you're either growing and evolving and constantly stepping your mind up and everything, or you're going the opposite way. I like it. And 
I think it's it's pretty, you know, it's a bit harsh. It's not, there's no fluff there, but it's... That's Tony Robbins. I mean, and all, yeah. you know, he, he, and he gets away with that because he's freaking massive. So he's obviously <laughs> growing. Hey, tell us a little bit about, if people haven't heard of the boys of yoga, can you tell us quickly about what it is and for people who might not have come across it yet? Some people think that yoga makes you less of a man. And the truth is that it makes you a better one. Um, that's the tagline. Michael James Wong, a good friend of mine, started it. And cool he's, he's a very cool guy. Every time I get to hang out with him and spend time to him with him, I'm very grateful. We just and he's a very him. good teacher. I did some of his classes in the, uh, the Udaya Live uh, in Bulgaria, yes. and like I'm a little, always a little bit dubious about leaders of movements, but he's the mm. real deal. He is really, really good. He's yeah. very well educated, and just the way his mind works is so unique. Yeah. Like he thinks, uh, and I've. Other than my wife, he's the second most organized person I've ever met in my life. He is so organized in like, in an amazing way. He's so <laughs> onto it. You ask him anything, he's like, oh, let me check. Emails it two seconds later in a full PDF with all the information dot pointed in like a Google map. And he's amazing. <laughs> like he is, he is next level. And like even you know his book the website the the global movement all the people that he hangs out with and has promote this yeah beautiful thing of just getting more guys to practice yoga because let's face it the more that do the the more people that are raising their consciousness in the whole world the better for everyone and i think you know your point before about people you thought it, yoga was a little bit hippie at the start and i know i mm. i um I have low tolerance still sometimes personally with some of that sort of, that if it's a bit too woo woo for me. Mm. Um, but I think that even if you take it at a very pragmatic level, if, if for, as an entry point, like for yoga is good for your body. Yoga is good for your health. Yoga is good for mitigating stress, like starting mm. there with people. No, I totally agree. And like for me as a guy, it was, it was physical. This allow you to feel better in your body. Yeah. So many people are in pain. And as soon yeah. as you start to alleviate some of that pain, those people are nicer people. True. It is really hard to be a nice person and be nice to other people if you're in pain, if you're aching and hurting. Yeah. And a lot of these people that we see out in the world that are really snappy and really seem so angry and so reactive, maybe they're in a lot of pain. And maybe it's not just emotional pain because there's a lot of that out there. A lot of people are in physical, physical chronic pain. pain. Yeah. Yeah. And they're either not seeing anyone and just living with that or they're self-medicating in some way. Yeah. And it's if it's not yoga, then it's drugs or alcohol. And most people don't really, a lot of the world doesn't look to take a holistic approach. You know, yeah. it's pharmaceuticals. And, you know, when I say drugs and alcohol, I mean pharmaceuticals drugs. They're popping pills just to feel better. So Or food. To have these, right? like, Yeah, to have these... Yeah, or food or whatever the vice may be, you yeah. know, it can be so many different things to deal with pain and literally to have these tools that are already within us and that yeah. everyone in the world can access at any point they need it. That's pretty special. And so to show people that, like I, as soon as I started doing it, I was already teaching jujitsu. So I, you know, started making my jujitsu guys do yoga stuff and yoga breathing and starting to bring their mindfulness to their breath while they're rolling and fighting and sparring. And, you know, the difference between someone that's new 
at jujitsu and a black belt, someone that's been very experienced, you watch them, the, the, it's like a person in their first yoga class, breathing through the mouth, puffing, <laughs> puffing, their form is more awkward. And then the people that are experienced, like I won't call them black belt yogis, but people with practice and like time spent going within and being, yeah, yeah. breath smooth and refined their movement matches that you can even see on their face their mind and what's going on within also matches that and the same thing when you watch a black belt roll they're just cruising probably have a smile they look like an and it's just smooth and efforts effortless and so to have these tools to do that throughout your whole life i think that's another language that just helps people that have that kind of mindset and frame mind frame get interested in it and be like, oh, okay, I can refine further. So what about, so if the, so coming back to the boys of yoga, what's your, um, as an, was it the title that you have, ambassador, ambassador, what does that involve for you? I get to hang out with Michael and do fun events. No, um, that's pretty, cool. much, pretty much as uh, ambassador of the boys of yoga. Uh, he asked me to be an ambassador and I said, I will actively promote boys yoga stuff every time I can. He has me do little events with him and we do kind of, we've even done events without Michael. We also taught at Wonderlust. He has a book called, uh, this is awkward. I forgot the name of the book. Just, you know what folks just, just harass us on Instagram. And <laughs> tell you. Uh, I want to, I want to, I don't want to sit say sit down and shut up. It's sit down, be quiet. I believe that's the name of the book. <laughs> it's an excellent book. And I was part of that. I'm trying to, that's a great question. I wasn't prepared for this question, Amy. Well, I guess let me ask you, <laughs> let me ask you a slightly different one then, because one of my clients um, in Toowoomba, he's building a yoga business and he's, he teaches one mixed class a week, but all of his other classes are for men. And so it's like Australian regional men. And I'm wondering about what being a part of that movement, I'm curious just about what, how that plays out in, a, in Australian culture because, you know, that's sort of... Can other people join it, you mean? or No, no, I just mean like for Australian men who might have all of that, but for someone like my client in Toowoomba, um, like we're talking about blokes, we're not talking about, you know, there's a, there's a, I don't know if you'd call it a stigma, but I think for a lot of blokes it's about well yoga is for bendy women in stretchy pants and and my <laughs> wife goes and she comes back and she's happy and so that's all i need to know about yoga yeah so i'm just wondering about the cultural context of for because i think, I think more men in yoga equals awesome i agree and the cultural context is very much that like oh isn't yoga wearing lycra sitting in a dark room with candles talking about your feelings and drinking kale smoothies and just for and just for sheila just for the sheila's mate yeah. and and I think that is rapidly changing, especially yeah. in Melbourne itself. Like before, yeah. I remember a few years ago, I'm like, oh, I'm going to yoga. Guys look at you funny. Especially yeah. like they know I do jujitsu and they're like, I'm going to yoga. And they're like, you're going to yoga? <laughs> and I think that really quickly started to change. And the people that do think that, they've most likely heard of other forms of yoga. They just don't call it yoga. And I think being, bringing people's awareness to the things that they've probably already practiced, uh. things that they naturally did when they're children, like we all played outside and just stared at nature and watched animals and just were 
human beings at one point and like that's yoga you just didn't call it yoga I'm sure you've had a moment where you just like stopped and listened to your breath and felt really connected to yourself that's a form of yoga you just didn't call it that and so I think mindfulness like the are you okay campaign talking about your feelings and making it really really like even the Victorian chief of police I don't know if you heard but he he was really promoting about speaking up when you're depressed, when you're overworked, when you're feeling run down. And then he, in this big controversial act, he took six weeks off for himself. And he's like, I had to practice what I was preaching. I felt so run down. I'm giving these speeches about asking if you're okay. And I started not feeling okay. And he's like, so I thought, what a better way to be an example. And it was this huge thing. And people got really criticized. And, he's, and that, that was his stance. And all these people really respect him for that. So I think it's becoming like if the chief of police, like, like those are typically, you know, those are the people that run themselves in the ground and always yeah. put others first. And yeah. he's like, no, for me to be able to put others first, I have to stop and put myself first. Yeah. And for all these guys that are in pain and working hard to put food on their table, I think when you can language it to that, like, no, by doing this, you're going to be able to be a better you for your family. You're going to be able to provide more and with less effort. It's what yeah. you need. And that kind of languaging really works, I find. And also speaking to how everyone knows there's a balance in this life. You can't just go, 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 go. Mm. And like, you know adrenal burnout, stress, fatigue, all these things are really well talked about it in everyday life now. It's not a secret that these things kill people and yeah. cause extreme you know, results. So just leveraging it from that angle and speaking yeah. about all the benefits of yoga and just spending an hour daily and even five minutes, if that's all you got, yeah. is life-changing. Like these practices are truly life-changing. It's so simple. I also wonder about, you know, this sort of work that's coming out now about the leading health, uh, the, the leading cause of ill health is loneliness. And I also wonder about, um, like, where I live, there's a, uh, around here, there's this thing for, you know, like men's suicide and like loneliness and being, and I also think that yoga is, it's like the, the new church in the sense that it gets people to come together and be in community, which is what you were describing about the community that you're building and that mm. everybody feels like they're connected because we're devising all over the place, but actually you need to be like to commune with other people. You need to actually be in physical proximity. And I think that's a big part of what yoga does for people. And I wonder if, I mean, it'd be great if that could be one of the boons that's available for men who might feel isolated. Mm, I think it is such a big thing. Like I, as soon as you were saying that, one of the person came to mind that comes to Morty, and one of the feedback, some of the feedback we received from him was, is like, I have friends. Yes. I was yes. looking for. I was looking for a tribe. He, he moved yeah. here from overseas and just hadn't really found a community to connect with. He had his work. He went to the gym by himself. He felt really solo, really alone. Yeah. And I see him thriving with like a group of friends and they hang out and they do this. And like he's expressed like how happy that's made him. And that's so special. Yeah. So, you know, yoga is about union. And it's not just about the union of ourself. You know, it yokes our body, mind and breath, but it also yokes us to the world and makes us feel less separate. You know, what the cause of suffering is that we feel that we're separate from everything in nature around us. And as, we, as soon as we start to dissolve those barriers and those walls, 
you watch people just start to thrive. It's so beautiful. It's good shit, isn't it? Aren't we lucky that it's we get amazing, to do this yeah. for a living? Man, thank God. Thank God. And for, I'm sure everybody else is thinking, thank God that crisis happened to me or that injury happened to me or that life, mm. you know, because all of us seem to come to yoga from some kind of uh, something. Yeah. 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 which at the time might not have been so sweet, but thank God in hindsight. So I know also um, one of the things that you offer are retreats and because we do uh, retreats in the same country, I want to hear more about yours. Tell us, tell me more. So we go to Thailand in August and we go to Vikasa. And I mentioned that's where we had done our uh, teacher training. Yeah. Teacher training, how long? Seven, six years ago now. And so at the teacher training, we actually booked our first retreat the next Man, year. And you guys were we messing around. We didn't have a, a yoga space at all. And we're like, surely we can get like 15 friends to come with us next year. Like, let's just book, a, book dates and we'll do it. And so we didn't have a studio. We didn't have anything. We booked the dates and then it came around and... We got like 20 friends and students to come with us and it worked out and it was awesome. And it's been a thing ever since. So every year we go back every year, this place gets better and better. Mm -hmm. The Casa in Sanskrit means evolution. And I've never experienced a place that is so true to its name. So the owner's name is Costa Miachin and he's an epic yogi. He's one of my teachers and it's truly his vision and dream. He took a place that was nothing and just keeps building and improving it and like wow. making, making his profits and putting it back in to improve it more. And they, they, it's a special place that I can't wait to go back to. Amazing food, amazing weather, beautiful yoga shalas that overlook the ocean. Oh. It's pretty perfect. Oh, and then not long after in October, we head over to New Zealand and we go to the, one of the most special places in the whole wide world, which is called Aroha. Okay. And Aroha is a retreat center that is near Glen Hockey, which is the special part of the lake, which is kind of about 45 minutes from Queenstown. Uh-huh. And so it's pretty much where mountain and water meet. Uh-huh. And you should definitely Google Aroha retreats. <laughs> because you'll see the yoga room and you're like, this place isn't real. Wow. And it is truly, truly special. It's high end. It's not cheap, but seven days there, we're doing an eight day retreat this year. People do it repeatedly, even with a high price point because it's truly transformational. Yeah. It's like a complete package. You go, I can't give too much away, but there every day there's twice daily yoga, hiking, massages, amazing spa oh i know the place you're talking about my gym buddy just went there this year yes oh my god you take retreats there yeah we you two uh, are classy we we work we work (laughs) with the owner damien he's a good friend of mine and so very grateful that we get to go there every year because we get to host retreats there but i'm so grateful that i get to go and just be in this place this is a place that feels so powerful just to be in the land and in the mountains there Folks, if you don't know the place that Justin's talking about, there is a, if you use Squarespace as your website builder, one of the templates that's like made for yoga teachers has all of these stock photos of an incredible looking (laughs) yoga retreat. That's the place that Justin's talking about. (laughs) It's amazing. It's amazing. Wow. Nice. So we go there. And then in 2020, we also added a 
Bali retreat, a new mm-hmm. one. We're going to Soul Shine, which is mm-hmm. in Michael Franti's place. Yeah. And we had the opportunity to go there and the itinerary that they kind of presented to us and they wanted us to help facilitate looks so much fun. We're like, <laughs> like no question. It was like, Nova's like, look at this. They we can host a retreat here and do this and look at the look at this itinerary. I was like, in, let's go. <laughs> and yeah, so looking forward to that. So adding one more. And then we also do retreats in Victoria. Cool. So we do day retreats. We do uh vinyasa and vino. We do yeah. about two every quarter. And that's just a one day retreat out in the Mornington Peninsula. Mm-hmm. I have a beautiful two hour practice, a wine tasting and a three course lunch at a beautiful winery out there. We also do a weekend retreat at Lawn, Point Lonsdale, this lovely custom built retreat center out there. Mm. First one that we're going to hold is next weekend. So it's pretty special. And then we're also doing something at the Mornington Peninsula Hot Springs. Oh, nice. One day escape. They have epic yoga uh, facility and then they also have some cool experiences that we're going to lead people through you know one of the things that i am again there's a couple of things that really come up for me that set you apart as a guest here um and the first one is that the way that the two of you were so intentional about a lot of people feel the calling to open a yoga studio but what i love that you're modeling is that we wanted to create a business and the right business for us was yoga which is sometimes opposite of how people come at it. And I think it's just so heartening to look at this. It's, a, you're, it's, it's something that you're creating with your partner. It obviously brings you much joy. It's prosperous. Um, it, it feels in line with your ethics and what's important to you. And you're not sort of spiritually bypassing. Like it's actually you're approaching this like business people. And I think that's incredibly refreshing. And I also like the way that... Um, that you're choosing the venues and the locations and the partners that you're working with are uh, like you're, again, it's intentional. You're making great decisions about who like, and, and, and surrounding yourself with, this is something I'm a big believer of surrounding yourself with people who are either, who are kind of doing things a bit better than you are, you know, it's sort of, it's, mm-hmm. it's so encouraging to, we're going to really great places because my intention is to be really great or I'm partnering with people who are, crazy super organized because that's something that I aspire to like there's something very powerful in putting yourself in I think people who are a little bit further down the road thank you thank you and I I think as well it's it's recognizing my skill set and what I am what I am good at and that I'm not those things and when I can find someone like my wife Nova she compliments me so well. Literally, she has a passion for business and marketing mm. and com- uh, customer service and looking after people. And I love to learn and I love to teach and I love to be a student. I love movement in all forms. And I love the practice of yoga and meditation. Yeah. So together, we just were so lucky that we complimented each other in, in these ways. And really, when we go into relationship with others, we're really honest about what we're bringing. Mm. And I think when you come to the table being vulnerable with what you truly can give, mm. people do the same. They, they're like, well, I can give this. And then you come together in this really beautiful way. And that's what I have found that it, the, like you've noticed the relationship that we have, it hasn't been so much on purpose. 
but organically, oh, but yeah. organically, that's what I've noticed. Yeah. And it's always happened. Yeah. So I don't go with that intention. I'm going to find someone that's my perfect opposite and will match. It just somehow the universe puts us in contact with these places and these people. And it just seems like a yes. And other things like we've kind of pushed for and thought about. And if it doesn't, you know, we don't push too hard. If, it, if it's not working out and mm. intuition and things kind of pull us back, Nova has a really strong intuition and she's, I don't feel this. Mm. Mm. She really, really strong instinct leads from her heart. And I really trust her when she says things. She's like, I don't have a good feeling about this. And sometimes I gotta be like, is that true? But most of the time, <laughs> sometimes I question her very rarely, but sometimes I'm like, are you sure? Are you sure you need to eat some weird, you know? But, um, <laughs> but you know, if, if, if she's honest and she really feels that way for a while, like I, we always kind of, you know, that's a barometer. That's, that's the way we lead our business. That's our filter. That's our prerequisite I'm from a love, place of love and abundance. And if you can't do that, you need to really think long and hard about your decision. Try. Love it. Love it. Um, the, something that's been coming up for me recently is this idea of actually you know, playing to your strengths rather than um, uh, apologizing for your weaknesses, like playing to your strengths and then seeking support for the areas where you're not so strong, which is what you just essentially what you just said. And so I wonder if that's part of it, if the reason that you're finding partners who fit so well is because you're standing in your power. This is what I'm good at. Mm. And, and I wonder if maybe if in, the, in the yoga industry, um, you know, that this misconception that a good yogi should be humble and should be um, like we've, that's got out of, that's become skewed. I shouldn't mm. actually talk about what I'm good at. I should, I don't know, there's a, there's a strange yeah. energy there with how do you be confident? Like if you think about, you know, so you think about the Bhagavad Gita or whatever, there is a time when the hero has to stand on the battlefield and say, right, let's do this. And do right? your if Arjun yeah. didn't stand up at the chariot, we wouldn't be here, right? And mm. yet I think there's a, a reluctancy for people to... I'm wondering if you might see that in your... I, I see it in Australian culture a lot. There's the yeah. tall poppy syndrome. Yeah, true. Yeah. It is, and, and the island I'm from as well, it's a very similar thing. They don't have a name for it. But people play small. Yeah. Because they won't, don't want to be cut down by haters or yep. the naysayers yep. or critics. Yeah. And in the yoga world, I've, you know, humility is something, a value that I place very high. Yes. And, but so is confidence and drive. Yeah. And I think they can be extremely driven and confident and honest yeah. without being haughty while still being yes. humble. Yes. And I think that that is something I strive for and I really want to work on and can continue to always work on. I never, and that, that's my own personal view. I always know that I'm not perfect and I'm just working on it. And, yeah. and, you know, I teach yoga classes and I say the wrong leg and I laugh at myself and we all have <laughs> a laugh. And like, I, I, I'm so not, I'm, I'm a perfectionist. Yeah. I'm very honest that I'm not perfect. <laughs> and, and so I really love that in other people too. People that I really look up to and really admire and like that are inspirational, but then are human. Yes. Yes. And, and, and that have human flaws and mistakes and that make you believe that like, wow, you are so amazing yet you're real yeah. and achievable yeah. and you make it seem doable. Yes. And so yes. I think that's the fine line. Like, 
be humble, be beautifully humble. Don't be a jerk. Don't be haughty. Don't be up yourself, but stand in your power. Be confident, be courageous, be you. Don't apologize for being you. Yeah. Mm, that's my belief. That's my rant. Someone write that down on a thing and put a picture on it and put it all over social media and quote Dustin. Fantastic folks. Go get all over everything that these guys are doing. Cause it's just like seriously classy. And, um, I, I really like the space where you're playing. Like it, it's got, um, integrity, it's classy and it's got integrity. And I, I really, I think that's great, especially for the places where you're bringing yoga to people. I think you've, yeah, you've hit the sweet spot. So congratulations and well done, folks. Warrior1yoga.com.au because you put AU on a uh, URL if you live in this country. Um, get all over everything that uh, Dustin and Nova are doing. It all sounds fantastic. Thank you so much for being such a fun guest and for letting me ask you weird questions. Oh, thank you for having me. <laughs> it was a great, great conversation. I really enjoyed it. Perfect. Feeling inspired, ready to grow your own yoga business? If you're ready to share your yoga with the people who really need what you have to offer, growing your yoga business with more ease, flow, abundance, and support, check out my six-month yoga business training program, Growing Your Yoga Biz, at amymcdonald.com.au forward slash growing your yoga biz. Use coupon code bizofyoga when you check out for $500 off. Enrollments are open right now. Namaste.